Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky here on Thursday, the 9th of May. Indeed. The, the 9th of May. And with us today, uh, local deity. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true. He is. It's true, Pete. Uh, when people ask you if you're a god, you say yes. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Uh, Pete Sayers, of course, you know his work. He's too tired. <laughs> uh, I'm already. His... It's already going to be hard enough to not curse on this podcast. No, that's true, and this is already... a non-cursing podcast. Yes. Um, you know, you know his work for uh, at Laker Film Room. All the great breakdowns he does, uh, Locked On Podcast, and what which do you do, Pete? the recent episode was a cursing podcast. Yeah, it yes. was. A, it was the only cursing podcast. You and uh, Darius Soriano. It was. Uh, it was appropriate. So um, originally, like when we contacted you, Pete, um, this was in the long ago days of earlier this week when everybody just assumed <laughs> that we would be talking about Ty Lue. I'm old he, enough to remember Tuesday. Right. <laughs> when the Lakers seemed like they had a head coach. Yeah. And uh, you have done some great and now totally Absolute. irrelevant work <laughs> on, on – what Ty Lue's offense might look like mm -hmm. for now another team <laughs> with LeBron and shooters. So you you anyway, maybe these, down the road save it for when Brawny enters the NBA. Right. Like if go. their styles are similar enough, just recycle it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just it, green screen in Brawny. And right there work. you go. <laughs> it should be noted they were great. <laughs> they were. Well, good. Thank you, Brian. They were really good. I'm, I'm and feeling we were, real good about you. That were right going now. to explain to us like what Ty Lue was going to look like and how this was going to go. And I was going to ask you some questions about the difference between Ty Lue and Luke Walton and how much personnel really has to do with this, how flexible all Ty Lue would be. And, and all the, I don't have any of those questions anymore because on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Out of nowhere. If you were just sitting, you're just sitting around minding your own business. Just, just sitting. Around 3 o'clock, Woj. Yeah. Well, actually, this didn't seem to... The Lakers and, and Ty Lue reached a, an impasse. They're just a little, little hiccup in negotiation. By 4 o'clock, <laughs> let me give you a list of things that we had learned by 4 o'clock. All right. Uh, an hour later, negotiations were over, and the Lakers were done and had walked away, or Lou was done and had walked away, depending on who you believe. Really hope um, it was Lou. The Lakers, uh, were, the reasons were the Lakers had... Lowballed Ty Lue by you know any sort of modern standard. They wanted three offering him three years. Uh, Lou wanted five. Luke Walton got five from Sacramento. Uh, Monty Williams got five from Phoenix. David Fisdale got five from New York. Coaches get five. Coaches years. get five years, and he wanted the security to go past the end of LeBron James' contract. Uh, we learned that uh, Jason Kidd, the same Jason Kidd that had interviewed for the job and had his reputation for backstabbing and power grabbing, uh, was. Part of the deal the Lakers were uh, demanding be put on the staff. Um, we learned that uh, Rob Palenka maybe surprised was apparently surprised that Ty Lue walked away from negotiations because he didn't have another job lined up, as if he's not allowed to ever take another job again in the rest of his natural life. Or as if life. he's not making ten million dollars to do and nothing. Can wait yeah. for the next <laughs> like, one. How's that for? Liberty, I mean, Jay? Ty Lue is a better man than I am because I would wait out those years just to spite Cleveland and because lazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I, I would get off my ass for two years. Uh, we learned that the uh, the Rambi, Kurt and Linda were wielding even more influence than perhaps we thought. We also learned uh, that the Rambi had convinced uh, the Bus family and Rob Palenka somehow to who were comfortable to hiring Tyloo last week. Just wait, 
And that's how we got to here. Um, we learned that then they are going to look at Jason Kidd, Jawan Howard, who have already interviewed, along with Mike Woodson, Frank Vogel, and Lionel Hollins. That was all, 90% of that all came out within 90 minutes of the initial Woj tweet. I think the exception was the thing about Palenka, which, which Ramona tweeted out later in the evening. That is an extraordinary amount of stuff. I don't know how much... It is 100% true. A lot of it depends on who you talk to, whatever, and interpretations. That is an extraordinary amount of stuff to come out in 90 freaking minutes, Pete. For a team that hasn't played in a month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, it's funny, Pete. I'll, I'll tell you, when when I saw the news about the impasse, the Woj bomb, like Brian had said earlier, like maybe not that big a thing, my immediate thought was, okay, this is a thing. Because what the hell could there be yeah. an impasse over? What are you arguing about? I mean, like, you guys have been transparently preparing to hire Ty Lue since the minute you brought in LeBron. I mean, like, it got so bad that Ty Lue last March reached out to Luke to say, hey, nobody from the organization has called me. And then once Monty Williams was off the board, you guys zeroed in on Ty Lue, who was in a lot of ways, the most obvious hire to begin with, the idea that there would be anything to impasse over struck me as, oh, this is troubling. And it's a total misunderstanding of their position and leverage. And it, and look, the point is not that Ty Lue is Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich. It's that but it's worth they're searching, noting that none of those guys are none of those guys are available. Store, right. right? There is no obvious you hire that guy. Right. Right. And if there was, Ty Lue is that guy, and it is who they led. Their coaching search led them to. So the this is you remember when Leon let I'm going out of my sphere here fumbled at like the one yard uh-huh, line yeah. where he just dropped it and no one else a totally self inflicted wound and the I thought Buffalo that was Don Bill Beebe got him. There's been a, a few guys. I don't yeah, know. It was, well, it was Leon Lett was the Dallas Cowboy who right. who dropped it right, and it may have been Don Beebe that picked it up right. So that's basically what happened here. I don't know. Can you guys remember another time where a coaching search failed like this? When you're in the contract negotiation portion of this, if it, I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember the last time it failed in this manner. Not when you're not competing with anybody, like for it's right, like there's right. not there's not a real time crunch. It's not like they had to get it done by Friday or like something bad was going to happen. Right. I just what it is such a rare thing when the safe thing and the correct thing yes line up. Like, this was one of those deals where the Lakers could look at it and say, it's a safe hire, no question. They're, they're, you are not going out on a limb by hiring Ty Lue. But you look at all the, the other names that are out there, and he was the one that was also, uh, like, leaps and bounds, obviously the the smartest, sanest, contextually the best decision. You can hit the ground running with LeBron. You've seen how they work together. He even, like, if it comes to that, not that they reportedly had a great relationship, because I don't think anybody ever has, but, like, he knows Kyrie. If Kyrie ends up here, at least he's got that experience or whatever. Like, everything about this makes sense. And on a ta- on a pure talent level, he's certainly comparable with anybody else you're going to hire. So it's not like Mike Woodson is a, is a genius and a savant. He just doesn't know LeBron. Yeah. Ty Lue's as good of a coach as Mike Woodson is or Frank Vogel or any of these other guys. So you have the best available guy and the guy who your guy wants. Everybody wins except the Lakers are stupid. It's rare that you can bring in certainty from the outside. 
when you think about the Ty Lue hiring, the ability to get LeBron James buy-in, which from a player perspective is probably the most important thing that you can get in terms of the relationship between the players and the organization, is does LeBron believe in this guy, even if it's just on a professional level? It's rare that you can bring in stability from somewhere else, right? That's usually something that you build within an organization. And the fact that they I, Particularly that, the Lakers, yeah. who never look beyond their own backyard to try to build anything. Right. That's absolutely the case. And they had the opportunity to bring some like, okay, we've got LeBron's buy-in. Now what? We can build from there. If Frank Vogel gets... And Frank Vogel is... He's a guy. Fine. Right? He's, he's fine. fine. But if they bring him in, you in, have that Indiana, question. In Indiana, he's great. In Orlando, he's sucked. Right. So, like, okay. But here's the thing, too. When you bring in Frank Vogel, even if you happen to be... Well, he wants a video guy, so he knows what it's like in L.A. <laughs> he also, he knows He knows what it, what it is to be a Laker. If you've never, he's, he's also got some showbiz experience. If you've never seen it before, he, as a little kid, went on Letterman to do stupid human that. tricks. Yeah, it's actually right. hilarious, and he nailed it, so... You know, he's somebody that's accustomed to Hollywood. Maybe he's coming industry. for the same reasons as LeBron. But, like, <laughs> if, you, if you think that, look, Frank Vogel's actually a better coach than Tyler. Let's just say that's your opinion. Fine. Except now you're the Lakers and you totally undercut enthusiasm about anybody you're going to bring in, which is the lesson they should have learned with Mike D'Antoni and Phil Jackson. Because the way they handled that, they managed to make it seem like a choice between Mike D'Antoni and Phil Jackson, which D'Antoni was never going to win. And you undercut the enthusiasm of a coach who made total sense to bring in. It also shows they have not learned the lesson from Byron Scott and Kobe about why a coach who is transparently being presented as star player's coach, his personal coach, doesn't work. And well, that would the, be an argument against Ty. Well, but no, it's really what it is is an argument against setting up his contract where you're making it oh, clear right. the well, minute sure. Ty Lu, the minute LeBron leaves, Lou leaves. And I, Brian and I've had this uh, discussion before, Pete, about the how important it is to you know since we've been preparing for Luke's exit for like a season. How important it is to Apparently find they some... haven't been. <laughs> we have been. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, because clearly they don't how even do know what not, they're looking for. How do you not have this figured out? Like, it should have taken them an hour to hire yes. a coach, because they knew they were firing the well, other They've guy. been planning for this for a while. But the... Uh, w- God, the more you talk about it, <laughs> the angrier you get. <laughs> no, I, I understand mean, why you guys were yelling yesterday. No, but... but <laughs> and cursing. Um, it's just so stupid. But the so idea stupid. of how important it is to find somebody who doesn't continue the carousel spinning, like finding a coach that could actually be here for the long term. I've found it a little bit more important than Brian, like in terms of big picture. Right. I think it's ideally you would find that, but you have to fix now and worry about later, later. But either way, way, yeah, it's bad either way. Right. But either way, if the organization really felt like, look, we don't believe in Ty Lue as anything other than a LeBron whisper, and we want this carousel to stop, I, I don't necessarily agree with that assessment of Lou, but I can defend that in a vacuum. But then don't be negotiating with them. Don't right. be setting yourself up to actually hire a guy while announcing, we don't think he's a very good coach. Yeah. You no. either hire him like you would any normal coach. He's not a temp. You hire him like a normal coach. Yes. You give him a five-year yeah, deal. Sign my time card, boss. <laughs> <laughs> either you, you give him a five-year deal. Is that yogurt in the fridge for everybody? Or <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm new. And, and you, if you have to, as feared, you eat some money 
because you're trying to get the most of the LeBron era or have an interview with him, decide he's not your guy, man up, to quote Byron Scott, talk about that decision with LeBron and figure it out together. Don't try to get half pregnant with your coach. The, that's exactly right. And the D'Antoni comparison is perfect because D'Antoni, regardless of what you think of him as a coach, I think he's a good coach and I think he's demonstrated that after, after he left with what he's done with the Rockets. But even if you don't think that, no coach deserves to go into a situation as the second choice. Whoever gets hired, be it Frank Vogel, Lionel Hollins, or whomever else, is at best the Lakers' third choice. And everybody knows it mm-hmm. and when when you were saying Brian about the Lakers have known that this is going to be the direction they go in with Luke for this long how do you end up with your third choice when it's not about another team swooping in I understand Monty Williams well, five year deal with right and I think that they were too clever by half in that in the, in the sense of because and we'll get back to this in a second um, not, the idea of not wanting to appear like you're just running out and hiring LeBron's guy because that's not what the Lakers do or whatever it might be you know, you let Monty go to Phoenix, and now you can really zero in on Tyloo because he's the other option left. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I mean, I, I think it's unnecessary. It's too clever by half, at least, maybe three quarters, uh, possibly seven eighths. Um, but it's fine as long as you end up closing the deal with the other guy. Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely the yeah. case. And it puts this next coach in just the most unfair position from from jump you know just like D'Antoni with Phil Jackson like no one's ever gonna come you know compare to that this guy that just left and won five titles with your team oh then then you flirt with him and you know and then and then say oh no we're gonna go with the other guy people hated D'Antoni from day one as a result of that because he wasn't Phil yeah it's it's incredibly frustrating too because these are names guys that it's they were it's not like Frank Vogel just hit the mark I mean granted he he no wait where is he he was assisting or is he completely free was he on somebody's staff this year uh i, I don't know if someone picked him up to be I a don't consultant remember. or anything but like, like that but he's out there you, i mean but if he's an assistant you can you can go get him you don't have to wait um you know mike woodson's out there he's on somebody's staff i think but like these are not people that you have to go find they're it's not like somebody suddenly became available brett brown if you love you, you're big on Brett Brown, well, Luke Walton. When they, when they hired Luke, they fi- I asked point blank. I asked Mitch when they at that press conference, did you move on Byron this quickly because you thought you were going to lose Luke? And he said, absolutely. That's why we fired Byron so quickly and hired Luke because that was the guy we wanted. You know, it's not like you know any of these dudes became available. If you even if just you think you might want to kick the tires on Lionel freaking Hollins, you could have done that think, two weeks ago. I think he's available. White walls, probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I literally you have could, no you idea could what have Lionel done Hollins that, has been doing. You could have done that two weeks ago. And I don't mean, is Lionel Hollins a, a good no. fitter? I don't know. I mean, i got to wait for Pete's Amazing. video to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's video of Lionel Hollins is just going to be Pete with a camera on him giving a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be the video. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's no I, disrespect to him. He's obviously he's, brought he's something coach. to the table like, long enough to stay in the NBA long enough. Right, but enough. it's just like, I, I don't it's know. Just, it's just, the point is, if you want to, if you're interested in There's an easier Lionel, way to get to Lionel Hollins. Interview yes, Lionel Hollins. Yes, yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Hey, Lionel, can you come in after we're done with J-Kid? Right. So, um, yeah, that's the thing, is that if, if you are not, it's such a half measure with Lou, if you're not completely sold on him, widen that initial search. Yes. How does Juwan Howard feel right now? The other two guys are off the table and it doesn't and the Lakers are continuing their search. If if you weren't in on it instead of interviewing those three guys along with Jason Kidd to start out with, like 
have it be eight so that when Lou doesn't work out, you're able to just smoothly move on mm-hmm. to the next person and be like, no, you know, just, you can you can credibly sell no, that we're that now person interested is your in choice. check notes. Um, Right. Mike Woods. Well, it's <laughs> also now become that. He's abundantly clear, and this was something that for a while you thought maybe was indicative of the former front office, but it's just pretty clear, I guess, post-Dr. Buss, the people in charge, whoever they are, have no idea what they want in a coach. Yes. Like, they just have no idea. Like, what do you think their thought process is? Because everybody's decisions make sense to them. Right. So what is the version of this that where this makes sense? I have no idea. I mean, like, I really don't know. Yeah. Because there's not much of a through line in terms of the people they're looking for other than, I guess, some, you know, recycled names. Part Um, of it is, though, but what's complicated, too, is like. And we have no template really quickly. We have no template in terms of with Rob Palenka and the Rambi, Mm -hmm. what they even look for in a coach. So, I mean, I really I I, and we don't know. JB in the straight shots. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) We don't even know what. This front office, as currently constructed, this incarnation, like what they value, you know, other than consolidating power, like that's the one right. thing we can all agree on that they value and a I lot. Think that, I think that's what, like, and by the way, JB and the Straight Shots, I believe, are playing in LA in July. Have you guys seen the lawsuit? No, what's... The, there's a lawsuit against James Dolan that basically he's away from the Knicks too often oh, <laughs> playing yes, with JD in the straight the shot. Right. That he's an absentee owner. Did I say yes. JB? I meant, yeah, JD. Which... <laughs> I actually listened to their music on YouTube on a way, and I was like, one of the most shameful moments, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, is I had their song stuck in my head like as an earworm later in that day. And on YouTube, you know, it has all of these views. I've never seen a YouTube video like that that had like twice as many dislikes as likes on it and the comments were disabled mm-hmm. and just <laughs> that guy's living his, in his own little world and bubble He's not big know? on criticism but what, no. what was what was interesting <laughs> to, to your question though andy is like or, or pete is or both i forgot who asked it but like when magic day. and rob were a team it was really easy to be like well those guys just sort of philosophically are never going to agree on the same coach mm. like they, they're not going to look at the same I mean, palinka in theory at least is Seems like he'd want somebody who's a little more analytically driven, a little younger, a little more modern, wearing or just well, suits, well read, well read, uh, likes poetry, part of know, a book club. Some, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and Magic wants Pat Riley. You know, basically wants old school. He wants Byron. He wants you know, Kurt Rambis. Which, I mean, by a, the way, if you want to start reading into things, if you look at the least reported Rambi influence, and you look at some of the names. Lionel Hollins. Lionel Hollins, Mike Woodson, the, you know, these guys who've been around for a while, that feels like the extension of Magic, mm-hmm. who hired Kurt. And it sure. feels like that old-school presence butting up against what we are perhaps so there, only right. assuming Rob Belinda there's that. There's no, there's Nobody has any freaking clue what Jeannie wants, including Jeannie. You know, the younger buses you would assume would align a little bit more with with Palinka philosophically, but it's hard to say exactly because we don't know a, a whole lot about them from that standpoint. But like, they've done good work. Man, if, I, if, I, if I were Joey and Jesse, I would be going through like Ancestry.com trying to figure out how I'm related to Steve Ballmer and just join that family. <laughs> a bad deal. Um, <laughs> I would just be looking to jump to a new family. I actually might try that just personally. <laughs> um, but like, you have this setup where like, you know, but, and then now you inject the Rambi into it and well, what is that? And like, it, none of it makes any sense, except in the sense of people trying to consider. The answer for Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis seems to be 
making sure that Kurt Rambison has a role, whether on the coaching staff, which is something that Plaschke was talking about a couple weeks ago, and we were like, get out of town. Kurt Rambis has to be on the, or as like the, the shadow president of basketball operations or whatever it is like, a, like that's what this is because the next guy who comes in is not going to hire Kurt or like, may. Well, no, but like <laughs> or if may. you can attract Sam Presti from Oklahoma oh, I thought city, you meant the next coach. I'm right, sorry. Well, sure. But like, if you, if you can attract really high end candidates, just do the, 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 what people seem to believe is a stereotypical Laker thing and just go get the next star. He is a very good player person and we want him and he's ours. And you just snatch Sam Presti away or Daryl Morey or any of these people. They're not going to do it. If you say, yeah, but you have to have Kurt on your basketball staff. They're going to tell you to or Linda, yourself. On or your, Linda, <laughs> Linda Rambas on your basketball. Staff. Linda, you know, it's just, it's, that's not how the world is going to work. So, you know, if, you have to go down six steps on the coaching ladder before Kurt is going to be part of the staff or somebody will come and work in that front office or whatever it is. You have to wonder at least if that's part of the end game of Kurt and Linda Rambis and that Jeannie is on board with it. There's a power vacuum in that what you said earlier about Jeannie not knowing what she wants. And if she is, I consider her to be the de facto president of basketball operations. If I heard you talking about it on another podcast, and I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah, and so if there are contingencies, like there are demands of a Kurt Rambis being on a staff, whether it's the coaching staff or in the front office, that that vacuum is going to be filled, right? And and if Linda and Kurt are the people who are closest to her, they are not just powerful voices in the organization. From a practical standpoint, they are the most powerful voices in the organization because Jeannie doesn't have anything to say. But I was going to say, this is actually part of the problem. This is something I've actually written about a lot at The Athletic and I actually have a piece uh, hopefully coming up uh, today um, that yeah, touches on... thing Lakers do I mean, I was going to say, I, I, it's, always, uh, it's always tentative. I agree with you, then, Pete, that in a lot of ways... Jeannie is the de facto president of basketball operations. But the problem is she very clearly does not want to make decisions. She wants decisions made for her. And, and she's always talked about how she doesn't have much knowledge or right. understanding of the game. Right. She goes right out and says that. Right. And she, I, I have felt this for a while, even during the period where Jim was ostensibly running the basketball operations, but doing things that very outwardly upset his sister, who was his boss, who would continue allowing him to do things that was out upsetting her. And, you know, she would play the passive-aggressive game where she would, you know, give him, finger quote, support while making it clear she didn't believe him in at all. But it's become very clear. Jeannie doesn't really want to lead this organization in the way that she now needs to. She's not comfortable with it. So does she want the power but not the responsibility that comes with it? I think she wants to do the stuff that she was doing before, which she was good at. The going to the league meetings and being the business and sort of uh, representative of the team. And yeah, she, working through the interests of the team and the league person. and all that. She's, there's nothing wrong with how she handles that stuff. The problem is now she's in charge of both sides of it. And, and she's, I, I don't think I agree she, with you, Andy. I don't she doesn't think she like want, this part. Right, she doesn't like it, doesn't want it, doesn't want to give it up, though. She doesn't want to That's transfer it to somebody else. And I, I feel like this is why... She surrounds herself with so many people that, you know, have this connection to the glory days where she has 
you know, this sense of nostalgia that I think can give her a sense of comfort. But also, too, she has these personal relationships with them where she feels like she can trust them to make decisions for her as opposed to having to build trust with people and be more actively involved. Which is mean you're just more, I mean, I, you know, obviously the, the sort of result of this is the exact opposite of what she's looking for. But I think she feels like, oh, if I hire magic, I feel comfortable, whatever. And we can kind of go into this and I'm, I'm, I'm almost less on the hook. It's like I hired Magic Johnson. Like who's going to object to that? Like if you, if I go out and hire someone completely outside the organization, that now it's sort of more on me. I don't, I don't know this person. I'm uncomfortable. Well, it also with. becomes on you to go outside your comfort zone in terms right. of building a relationship. Yeah. Like it's beyond just I'm on the hook for the decision. It's I'm on the hook for making it work. Well, it, and in operating that way, she's actually put herself more on the hook. No question. All of the meat shields are out of the way. Yeah. We've never Jeannie Bus has never received the degree of criticism that she's receiving right oh, now. Oh, and she's getting tons of it. I mean, yeah. just I mean, no, people I, are supposedly going to be outside Staples on Friday protesting. Yeah. They've been asked to bring water. There's a there's a solution to when this. When you climb the roof, Pete, at Staples Center, like what what's the equipment that you tend to use? I'm gonna I'm gonna be standing on top of the Chick Hearn <laughs> thing. I got the Chick Hearn avatar. Follow me to freedom. Meaningful. That's right. That's right. I'll be just taller than everyone else once I, I do that. Pete's so. scaling with those suckers, like he's got. Like, oh yeah, yeah, on the side of Staples Center. <laughs> Pete's going to chain himself to the Kareem right. statue. He'll, he'll, that's un- right, that's he'll right. unfurl a banner at the top. It'll just be his Twitter handle. <laughs> it'll just be a, it'll be a screen where they project a video. It's just a, li- it's a link to his What's pa- up, Laker fans? <laughs> it's a link to his Patreon. That's how you start your galvanizing speech. That's right. What's that's up, right. Laker fans? <laughs> Raise your hand if you think Jeannie Bus should sell the team. Part one of my video will be why. Jeannie Bus. Um, but I, it's <laughs> one of the things that I think is amazing about this though is it, it, there's another sign of just. I mean, this is bad. And I, I know people keep going back. I saw LZ LZ Granderson, who obviously we work with here at ESPN LA, and he's really. I mean, I I don't mean to, this to pick on him. It's like you can still look at the other side of the ledger and go, the Lakers have huge cap space, good young players. LeBron James and the brand and the city of Los Angeles, which is, last I checked, a really attractive place for young, rich, ambitious people to come live. Like, there's a lot. And so it's like you can look at these things and say, like, it's, well, it's they're not, it's not like an unmitigated disaster and, all that, and, and say those things. But all of that stuff can be lit on fire. It's all flammable. And right now what the Lakers are doing is taking all that stuff to the dumpster. And if they haven't poured the lighter fluid on it yet, they're certainly trying. They're going, they're on, they're they at Home Depot. They probably can't find it. They're at Home Depot. They're doing, so they can't agree on what brand to hire, yeah. uh, to, to, to buy, what kind of, what color dumpster to put everything like in. Like charcoal versus lighter fluid. Sure. Like I mean, is it a over that stuff. purple dumpster, yellow dumpster? There's but a simple. It's, it's, I was just, the, the, one of the things that speaks to the dysfunction as you go into this this incredibly important summer is the variety of leak. It's Tyloo walked away. It's the Lakers walked away from Ty. Well, we're breaking up with you before you can break up with us. It's <laughs> it's Rob Palenka doesn't know how to negotiate. It's Jeannie Buss has allowed the Rambi to control things like you know like like uh, Littlefinger or you know that Russian guy. Who seduced everyone? I forget what I forgot his name. Rasputin. Yes, him. Um, you know, everybody's little finger in this organization. Now we thought it was Palinka. Now it's all of them. Um, you know, it's it's the <laughs> Rambo. It's Genie. It's Jason Kidd is part of the thing. It's like 
all of these things are coming like the and in within like 90 minutes the lack of ability to control the messaging and the way in which people clearly scatter and try CYA tactics is another sign if I'm looking at this group going hell no I'm not touching this yeah. and that that's scary because all those advantages mean nothing if you have a structure in place that nobody wants to go near or a lack of structure I should say Jeannie can solve a lot of her problems, not just the Lakers' problems, but her problems, by hiring a legitimate president of basketball operations. If they invest a bit of money and time into somebody who is outside of the organization. So let's say Jerry West is not an option because they do have personal history mm. and drama. So Jerry West, I think at this point, would just as soon throw himself in front of a bus. Than right, come and that's probably no point. point. And also, intended, too, right? I mean, yes. to, be, to be honest, I mean, if you can bring Jerry West into the mix, great. Why sure. wouldn't you? He's in his 80s. He's he's not a practical solution to a problem. Right. I, I think he's more of like the the role that he's been in, right? right that exactly. wise man consultant, not exactly. a not a day to day guy, but someone right. who exactly. brings some gravitas. But he still wouldn't is, solve the problem. Right. But what Ginny needs to bring, even if you bring a guy like West in, if his sole role is to bring in somebody to solve the problem, who would you rather have doing that, Jerry West or Ginny Buss? Right. Jerry West is still a basketball person who's still steeped in the sport and. He's not, as an 80-year-old man, somebody who can do the job on a day-to-day basis. But that's why you've got Michael Winger and yes. uh, and Redden and guys like that in the Clippers organization. Lawrence Frank and down And, and Lawrence all, sure. all the way down the line. You've got strength in the organization. Jeannie can give herself good press, can take the heat off of herself, and can actually solve this in a practical manner by simply bringing someone in. If it's not West, you've got... Other a guy like Sam Presti, with how things have gone in Oklahoma City, is probably looking to move on. This is for all of they're the reasons trying. that you stated, and well, the, the money the, the Lakers have. Tra- someone would come. But they're here. afraid of trying and failing because then it looks like nobody wants to come, which, which I sort of understand because they've been. That's they've what been, just happened with Ty Lue. They've well, yeah, but they've been they've been sort of said no to so often, and this is this is where I think Andy, your your point about nostalgia and how the Lakers have always done it, and the Lakers always are, is limiting. You, one of the things that you heard about the reluctance to just hire Ty Lue is because people were saying, you're just going out and getting LeBron's guy. It's just another... Indi- Set aside the stupidity of that because A, he's a good coach. B, he does tick off the Laker box. C, he really, apparently, really wanted this job and feels a connection to this organization and all that. It also, it's like, what planet do you people live on that you don't try to satisfy the needs of your star player if it can be done in a way that makes sense for a lot of people? You don't think that in New York they're going to do whatever Kevin Durant wants them to do to get him over there? Like, you know, Toronto hired friends and you know, people to, to, to help uh, keep Kawhi, put him on the coaching staff. They Royal Ivy, I think, is in uh, New York. But they hired Jeremy Castleberry. It's the guy who was in, yeah. in Toronto. Like this is what you do, but the Lakers, we don't do that because that's not the Lakers. Except, except here's you're the not thing. the Lakers well, anymore. But beyond that, beyond that, take it a step further. You know, like, stop being blinded by your own exceptionalism. You are the organization who does that because you just gave Kobe Bryant a forty-eight and a half million dollar extension, sight unseen, before he had even stepped on the court, bidding against nobody. You asked in, in a yeah. way that you knew could potentially cripple the last few years of his organization out of loyalty. Which I, I'm not looking to relitigate whether or not it was a good decision or not. I'm simply saying this is 
what ask, you do. Ask Kobe Paul, was ask, a Laker, though, right? And this is it's like I always make the mafia comparison with this organization. There are made men, mm-hmm. and once you're made man, you are in. And LeBron. This is absolutely stupid. LeBron is not a Laker yet. No, and, right? He's and not never a will made be. man. He's not going to be. And and he's not going to be. And what all of this does, like what you said, how how New York is behaving, how Toronto has behaved with Kawhi, this is another bit of evidence to tell us that they prioritize the power that they have rather than the success of the organization, right? Because they're they are worried that the about the perception of LeBron James running the show. Right. And that is more important to them than them actually being good. What they don't understand, uh, other uh, well, there are, there are a lot of things. You don't have <laughs> time for everything they don't understand. There's a lot of things they don't understand. But what, what is amazing about it, and the, the real disconnect here is, they fundamentally don't understand what made the Lakers the Lakers. The Lakers mm-hmm. weren't the Lakers because, you know, the Lord Almighty came down and just blessed the organization with the they had Pat Riley, they had Jerry West, they had Mitch Kupchak, and they had like a, they had incredible they had Magic Johnson, they had all these well, they incredible also- hold on one second. They, they had incredible competence up and down the organization. And they won all the freaking time. This group hasn't won in they haven't been in the playoffs in six years. They've been the worst team in the NBA over that stretch. You're not, you don't have the intellectual capacity inside the organization anymore. You don't have me of LeBron James, but you don't have the stars and the winning and all these other things to lean on so where you can look at somebody and say, trust us, this is how we do it here. It'll work. You're not the San Antonio Spurs. You're not Golden State. You're not one of these teams that can do that. And so the Lakers can't behave like they're quote-unquote the Lakers anymore because they're not. But it's also it's important to remember, I think Pete will appreciate what, what I'm going to say, that as much as everything you mentioned, Brian, with like Dr. Bust and West and Riley and the people they had who really competently, I mean exceptionally, ran this organization, there was also a lot of luck. That of course there was. No, but, but it's important to remember that, that the idea that there was luck in getting Magic Johnson, there was luck in getting James Worthy, there was luck in the time that they drafted Kobe. It was at a period where it was unheard of for guards to make a jump out of high school, so you could actually have that bluff from Armtel and, and other teams. No, but, the, but there's skill draft. in making that work. No, no, but there's still there's skill in making it work, but my point is they haven't done it all through skill, so stop drinking your own Kool-Aid. Like, there's going to be some things that are outside your control where you end up blessed. And other teams don't have that success because they're not blessed. And it doesn't make you any less of a, well, you know, of a well-run organization you know, as a whole. But stop acting like you're exceptional through your own skills. Because that's not the case. The Lakers, along these same lines, have several built-in advantages. What Brian was talking about, about the city, about the brand, is something that has been built up. But I would argue that's more Dr. Buss. And, and, and this is, you know, if you look through history, this is how monarchies fall, right? The, the competent person establishes something that, and, and builds it big and strong. And then hereditary monarchies, you it's a roll of the dice. It's a lottery. I hope my kid knows how to run this that's it, it all comes down to to the very top of this and we, whenever like even in in our own lives right our own weaknesses manifest themselves in the the products that we create and the things that we do our strengths manifest themselves as well and 
the Lakers are Jeannie Buss right now. They are a reflection of who she is, what they're good at, what they're bad. You go to the to a game, the game ops are still great, right? They've oh, yeah. got like it is a well run organization in show. certain ways. Yeah, they yeah, I mean you're right. And, and what Jeannie's is important incredibly they keep, and they and yeah, they continue putting money. Yeah, and and so what Which in a lot of ways is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's the so same this, problem. You know, it's the same reason the Dodgers are never going to be on TV again because they have no real incentive to make this work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's the truth. It's just, I there's so many things that are that are frustrating to Lakers fans because this is it's a basic issue of competence here that like this if they can't do this, like this should have been simple. Mm-hmm. This, you know, Ty Lu is easy, and if they couldn't manage to get this done, because now it's going to be you got to interview Vogel, you got to it's going to be another week or two or whatever before you come up. They're going to they're going to you know, I'm very interested to see how Rob Palenka sits down and when somebody says, uh, how do you can you know convince you know whatever? How do you say that this this is a person who you guys really wanted to be or any any spins it like oh no we always thought Frank Vogel would be a great fit here. You know, I mean, like, there's... He's going to really have to hit the library to sell this one. I mean, there's just... <laughs> there's... I mean, he's, go- he's going deep into his cliff notes. The, you know the, we're in trouble when he puts his glasses but on. It, like, the, other <laughs> st- the other stuff is hard. Like, you know, getting somebody... Like, well, apparently, like, Stephen A. Smith was, was saying uh, yesterday, LeBron's been out trying to recruit Kawhi, and he's really getting out there. It's like, at some point, like... How do you feel if you're a LeBron right I now? I was just going to yes. say, this incompetence with Ty Lue is only going to further alienate LeBron, who we know from the shop and, I would say, common sense, is feeling alienated. And the only reason you engaged Lou in the first place was LeBron. Like, it's the yes only... Yes no. I mean, he's certainly right up no, at the top. It, it, no, it, it, it is the top. I mean, it's clearly the top by the, the contract that they offered him. It's clearly the top. That's how they see him. Right. right. It shouldn't be, but it, it is. It shouldn't be, but it is. So you now you're further alienating LeBron by bricking the situation with a coach you only reached out to because you're trying to placate your star and there without you know, placating there are people it. inside the organization probably the Rambi. What you know, should we try to get him to trade LeBron? Well, do you trust this group? You can't. First of all, you're going to lose any trade you made with LeBron. You can't trade him. Like the idea that I heard somebody float like the idea like what if the Knicks got the first pick, offer LeBron for the number one. Well, if I'm if I'm New York, I I guess think about it maybe briefly. If you knew KD was coming, or you knew you could pair that up and just go right away. I don't know if KD comes if LeBron's coming. But my point is, if you could get the second, sure. if you you knew you had some sort of made thing yeah. that you could do there, um, maybe you do that. But I'm not sure you do, and you certainly try to get Anthony Davis first because you got LeBron for two years, Zion for fifteen. And Anthony Davis for eight, you know, like you start to, so like you, even for Zion, I don't think you could, you know, like, so you're not going to get a good deal if you try to trade LeBron. The The fallout from it's going to be just catastrophic. Um, and I don't know they could, you know, you trust this group to get a good deal if even if you tried to do it. So if you can't trust them to just wrap up Ty Lue, if Rob Palenka can't get that done or doesn't have permission to get it done or they don't have the infrastructure to get something that simple done. How are you going to build a team this year? Like, they need to, like, to your videos <coughs> of blessed memory. Like, they need, they radically needed to reshape this roster to maximize LeBron in the way that Tyloo did in Cleveland. Um, they need shooting bigs. And I was going to ask you about Nikola Vucevic and some of these other guys. I was like, what about, well, 
Like they, there's a lot of work to be done here. And so if it's not Ty Lue's roster, you're gonna have to match it to Frank Vogel style or God forbid, Jason Kidd style or anything like that. Bigger soda budget. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's just, you can't trust me. So all right, I want I do want to make sure we I ask Pete these questions because um while we have you, because you know more about th- this stuff and these guys and what they what they need than we do. Who among the names that are still out there do you find most intriguing? Who and do you most look forward to making a video over? Who do you least right. look and forward then to making a video over? Tell us why Jason Kidd's the worst idea of all of them, because I, I have a feeling that's where you would go with the other half. So I'll start with that. I okay. um I said on my podcast that I am not making a I said this colorfully, I'm not making a Jason Kidd video. I don't care. I'm not doing it. <laughs> this is like sideways. The I'm not drinking any bleeping Merlot. Yep. Not doing that. <laughs> this yes. is your Merlot. Piece. Yes. Someone someone said on Twitter as yesterday, like, uh, you know that feeling when you've got to break down Jason Kidd, and I was like, I don't have to nope. do. Jason, we'll say anything. Not, not the boss of me. <laughs> right. They signed him a five year deal. I don't bleeping care. There's going to be no video. So it, it's. Part of it is just the profound lack of self-awareness that doesn't have to do with X's and O's in that Ku is either attempted or successfully completed three coup attempts between his playing career and his coaching career. And that if, would make him pretty on brand, though, to bring in. Well, that's with I know. Front no, office. That's I why. Mean, that's why it's so maddening. He, and he's a pretty. He's a pretty seamless fit. Talk about the last thing that you need, though, right? And just as a fan and being in that helpless position of like of not being having any control of that. So that's one element of it. Milwaukee got so much better when he left. Like, like they might win an NBA championship. They're so year. good right now, <laughs> and the team is. Basically, you add Robin Lopez. The team's basically the same. It is, and it's it's the Brooklyn appears Brooklyn, to be Bro- on the right track. Brooklyn Lopez, yes, right, wrong Lopez, but you understand. Right, yeah, Brooklyn's on the uh, yeah. Um, so defensively, his concepts are very old. He likes to blitz, pick and rolls, and be very aggressive on that all the time, which is great. And Milwaukee had length, and it's one of those things. It's like. For example, San Antonio was like, we're going to shoot mid-range shots. I don't care, right? You put a ceiling on yourself, even if you have optimal talent with LaMarcus Aldridge Mm -hmm. and DeMar DeRozan, in just when you are so stubborn about the nature of where the sport is and you keep doing it because you have this inherent belief because this worked well in your glory days. So that on the defensive end, he's a he's a disaster. On offense, it's very unimaginative. and, And so between that and then the, you know, palace intrigue elements of it he's just a a hard no um (laughs) the guys that i would be most excited about are not really available i think excited the way you yeah yeah. excited excited is yeah yeah. didn't really convey a lot of excitement excitement right yeah um i think stan van gundy would is a a solid option Um, for us john beeline um is is a good coach from the college ranks jay wright uh those are guys that i think they're not on the list though from a i know from a schematic standpoint, would be nice. Just let me fantasize, Brian. I have so little happiness these days. Give me 10 seconds of just dreaming, damn it. Fantasizing so, about Stan Van Gundy. There's yes. a lid for every pot. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, that's where we're at. It's like right. I'm fantasizing about Stan Van Gundy. That's, Enter that's... my dreams, Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> He's actually done a demo video for Stan Van Gundy, just for fun. Oh, yeah, it's unlisted right <laughs> now. I'm going to hit publish. Yeah, no. What's up, Stan Van Gundy? <sighs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've watched some with Vogel's name coming out there uh, the last couple of days. I've watched some, some tape on him. I'd say b- below average offensively, above average defensively. He's just a guy. 
you know, and that's Woodson and, and Hollins were successful at one point. Uh, I'd imagine the Rambus connection comes from their New York days where Woodson, Woodson succeeded Mike D'Antoni there. Of course. Um, their brand of basketball, this was very striking to me when I made the Monty Williams video, that a team from 2015 can look so very old, mm-hmm. and the style of basketball can look so obsolete. That would be my number one question. about. I'm not going to kill a coach who hasn't coached as a head coach in three, four years because his system isn't modern. The game's changed that right. much in that short period of a time. I have questions about whether or not they'd be willing to adapt. <sighs> See, like, they're... There was a part of the reason I liked the the Lou thing was that it was sort of an acknowledgement too of like you know what this is what the market is today like we can sit there and pretend we're gonna go get Rick Carlisle from Dallas we're gonna go get like these you know we're gonna pry pop away from from San Antonio or we can just go hire the best available guy in a year where there just aren't that many guys out there well and also you put yourself in the position of having to hire right. a coach like this is your own doing. Like, I mean, this was what you were setting out to do in the first place. And it's a long time coming, like Brian yeah, said. So I mean, you should have had it all prepared. You should have had this figured out. And it just, the, I don't know, like I said, I don't, none of this, like everything else we've always been saying, none of this guarantees that free agency is going to be a failure and the Lakers can't be a good team next year. Every time you have to have this conversation, though, what you're doing is you're lowering the odds of making it happen and you're making it more difficult you, you, the 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 amount of obstacles you have to overcome in that in pursuit of that goal go up, and so at some point you have to wonder if Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, Kurt Rambis, and all these people were were good enough to overcome all of these obstacles, the obstacles wouldn't be there. Yeah, and so the answer is going to the the signs increasingly point to know like it's just not going to work out and if they get lucky enough that some a plus free agent decides to come play here it'd probably be on accident nothing related to anything the front office does you still got to build the roster and i, mean, I don't look, have confidence at, at they this, can do that at either this point and you know i don't know where his headspace is at and i w- certainly wouldn't blame if it was negative and you know he's had a lot of detachment i think you know in a detrimental way towards this franchise but right now their best hope is LeBron. Yes. Not even and, close. Be, it's not because, even close. And, and beyond the fact that, you know, he's still a great player and all that, it's because he's the only thing that you know what you're getting into with. Like, even if they hire, you know, I assume they're eventually going to and this hire. And this is with all the, it's like, yes, the, the, the concerns that other star, like A-list star players would have of playing with LeBron are totally I'm just saying, legitimate. The, all that stuff Katie said the, was legit. Yeah, but I, you're still right. I... I Assume at some point they're going to hire a coach. I, I I would assume unless it ends up like shadow owner slash coach Linda Rambus or something like that. They're eventually going to bring in. I floated that by the way. Magic Johnson comes back as I, does, coach. Is Linda Rambus willing to put Jason Kidd on her staff? But I'm just saying you don't. <laughs> what a terrible sentence that is. <laughs> it really is. Would know. you rather have Linda or Kurt as the head coach? No, Linda. Linda, I <laughs> really would. Like, I just just for the unknown. Like I, I, I know what I'm getting. She can't be less successful. Well, just, I don't know what I'm getting. Like it's it's not going to work. But at least it's a brand. Kurt new Rambis has like work. a 27 percent winning percentage as a head coach in the NBA. <laughs> but Linda Rambis is going to win 27 percent of her games. They bring in as the next coach. Let's say it's you know Frank Vogel. Mike I'm waiting Woodson, for that series three parts. Somebody who is at least proven on some level. Mm-hmm. 
you still have no idea what it's going to be like. The, the kids, who we all agree have potential, they all have injury issues. Brandon Ingram, we don't even quite know what his career is going to look like. Lonzo, in particular, is never available. So you don't know what you're signing up for with them. The front office, as currently constructed, the only ideas you have of what they look like are awful. So LeBron is it. LeBron is the only thing that you can remotely sign up for and say, I have an idea of what that Let is. Let me ask you guys this question. That's before, a dangerous we, place to be. Before we wrap up, because and this literally just occurred to me. Um, part of the appeal of Ty Lue was that he's a guy who has been deep in the playoffs. He's won the finals. He, da, 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 he hits the ground running with LeBron and so on and so on and so on. You, don't, you have that learning curve. Um, and he's been all the way to the end three times. If your choice is Frank Vogel, who has gone into the playoffs, but not, no, certainly not the finals. Uh, Mike Woodson, how far has he gone in the playoffs? Was he the, he was. He went with, he took a mellow to the Eastern Conference, he, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think the second round. Or, that was a while. Second, yeah. second or third round. Yeah, yeah. But like he wasn't, he still wasn't coaching in Atlanta. That was Bud who got a you know, 60 win Atlanta Correct. team. I, I mean, I think uh, I think Woodson had a good I'm season not, or two in, in sure. Atlanta. I think my point isn't that he's not has no. I'm just success. saying for clarification. Sure. Um, and who's the third one? Lionel Hollins has had success in the. He's he made might have, he might have taken that team to the East, second, the second, Western second, Conference Final. The, the they year they went were that up. far, but they but he took. I thought he took Memphis. The grit and grind teams did well. Like they yeah. they were successful in a lot of ways beyond their talent level. Yes. Uh, in a lot of, but that said. None of those guys, none of them know, Le- know LeBron. None of them have been through, like, coached him or worked with him on the level of Ty Lue or something like that, or even really Monty, I guess. Does this open the door up again to why don't you look at Jawan Howard a little bit more? Why don't you look at Vanderpool or some of these other really high-level... Vanderpool sounds made up. Uh, the guy from Portland. No, I'm uh, just saying that name sounds made up. It does. Um, all assistant coaches' names sound made up. That's actually a fact <laughs> of the NBA. Yeah, like, he went to the Western Conference Finals, uh, lost to the Spurs, um, Lionel Hollins in okay. 2013. Okay, so like they've all had success yeah. to one degree or another. That's not my point. I just, like, for, again, for clarification. Have they, do, they, do they do that to the point where you could say, what about this guy who hasn't had the experience i think this is not a i i 100 believe this is not a good fit for a first-time coach so there's a lot going on here I'm sure it's a good fit for a veteran but that said if the first-time coach is actually a more talented coach than the retread that you're bringing back in is it worth looking at that again or is it still just not the right job for a guy with no experience the lakers need to decide if they're rolling with lebron or not and so if you're going to roll with LeBron, you don't do what you did with Ty Lue. If you're deciding that, and, and I, I, I want to preface this with, I totally disagree with this decision, but if you're deciding that you are looking beyond LeBron James and trying to bring someone in like who's going to be there for the, <laughs> for the five years and whatnot, then yeah, that is the type of guy that you pursue, is somebody that you can, that will develop somebody that's, that's modern, that is, has been operating in the modern NBA, that can help develop these guys who the this we, there are so many other things that come before this all of this poisons the well for like we get less than maximum production from the younger players mm-hmm. they are developed uh, at a slower rate as a result of this environment to me that is something and and Jawan Howard is somebody that is maybe 
a bridge between the two, right? A, a, a young coach that does have a relationship with, with a, LeBron. With a strong player development. Strong player development, strong sure. defensive. The Lakers' best young talent is their best case is on the defensive end. So somebody who can maximize the defensive abilities of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, that's somebody that I would be more okay with it. But again, the, you know, do you... Why I just think the pendulum has sort of swung back because now you don't have all those institutional advantages, Andy, of the LeBron connection that are were, I, I felt were like really important. And so like now is the difference between Juwan Howard or, you know, last year's Nick Nurse or whoever it might be, you know, again, another name that sounds kind of made up. Um, <laughs> like is is does that kind of negate the experience factor of Lionel Hollins if Lionel Hollins hasn't done the LeBron thing. I mean, I mean, he's I don't seen know. everything. He's I, seen just look, about everything. I guess you could make the argument at this point, if they've already alienated LeBron, you might as well just bring in whoever you want. Yeah. And either get his buy-in or don't get his buy-in, and you deal with that lack of buy-in as it happens, and then you try to just do what you should have done with Luke, if for no other reason for appearances, which is back the guy. And just actually back him and try to give him as much strength as possible. They sh- Even knowing they were going to fire Luke... They should have outwardly and believably backed him mm-hmm. so you could get the most out of this season. And then also you might not look as much like you were on a leash when you eventually let him go because you could say, look, we really tried to support him. We, you know, we gave him as much backing as we possibly could. It didn't work out. These things happen. But I would say at this point you've already pissed off LeBron a lot. I mean, you know, go the full Monty. If yeah. there's somebody that you really want. Go the distance. I mean, for real. You're right. Because but, who are they going to bring in that's actually at this point going no, to make nobody it really like, happen? Or Lakers fans. But There's they should nobody. have figured this out beforehand. Like Brian said, the notion that they're figuring out right now, oh, hey, maybe we should go the full Monty and get that guy. Like They should have made this decision long ago it's, it's a, and gotten on the same page, and then you go out and start your coaching search. They have. And, then, and also make LeBron part of the process. So at least if you're going to say to him, look, we're not bringing in Ty Lue. We just we don't feel good about him. We don't feel like he's the right guy. We want to try to solidify what's been a problematic area for us. However, your opinion in this matters. So let's, so let's try figure to, it out. Let's try to figure yeah. it out. It's like, it's like the same way when they hired Mike Brown and left Kobe completely out of the loop, which was inexplicably stupid. I'm not saying Kobe should have had a seat at the table and a vote. But Kobe's feedback matters. Right, you know, I'd forgotten about that, but like, you know, we don't want Kobe to look like Kobe's running the organization. First of all, everyone knows right. he ran the organization. No, it's only and, now that you don't seem to and, care the perception right. and, Kobe's running and the organization. He earned, I know. And he earned the right, man. Like, Kobe earned the right to have his opinion weighed. And like, so is LeBron, even if right, it wasn't with the Lakers. Right. Practic- well, look, practically speaking, it's, you brought in LeBron for all that gravitas. Yep. So. It's, you can't just, have it both it's ways. Just, it's a terrible look. Everything about this from a process standpoint is a terrible look. We haven't even talked about how it looks, how bad it looks that the Lakers look cheap. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, we, we that, that didn't even come up, like, in, in this hour. They look cheap. They look like they just, like, wait, three versus five? It's fine. You think you're going to fire them at the end of the LeBron thing? Pay them for five. You know, eat the $12 million because, As opposed to what they do with all their other coaches? Right. It's like, what does it matter? You're the Lakers. <laughs> But like they look cheap, and so now, well, now it's going to be like, well, hmm, why aren't they hiring more? Doing the Dodgers thing, where they just hire every available GM they could. I mean, like the Dodgers had like seven former GMs working in their front office at one point. 
Like, who's going to replace the, the the trainer that they just hired? Who's going to, like, are they going to have the best infrastructure? Like, people are going to start looking at all of these other things that that go with the the what the Lakers are supposed to be able to do outside the, the structures of the salary cap and the limitations of the CBA, which is outspend everybody on talent that they, you know, that is that the unregulated part of the game. Well, are they going to do that? Like, there's going to be an incredible amount of scrutiny on the contract that Mike Woodson or whoever gets because is it going to be five years, three years? Is it going to be three million, six million? What's the difference? Like, all of this, they look cheap, and the Lakers should never look cheap in anything that they do, um, which is a topic, I guess, for another day because we're running out of time. But my last question for both of you guys, who's going to be the next Lakers coach? I'll say Vogel. My gut says Vogel, too. I'm really concerned it's Jason Kidd. And maybe, again, I, I could just be feeling really bad about yesterday and how quickly this all escalated, but his name keeps coming up. It will not It's what Jason go Kidd away. does. It's... It won't die. I've, I've learned to stop saying... the Lake, I w- I'm stop starting sentences with, the Lakers wouldn't blank, would they? Never do that. <laughs> and on that note all right well pete plug everything you got man yeah um follow me on twitter laker film room on youtube as well uh watch repeat on friday from the top of staples center that's right um got my suction cups uh, going to <laughs> going to a big five later today to get my suction cups and uh or a helmet yeah torch right. budget yeah, this is not good for my mental health. We man. will invite you back uh, when Jason Kidd is hired. <laughs> <laughs> You're really trying to get me to curse. Uh, I'm not going to take the bait. Your torch and pitchfork budget yeah, <laughs> over right. at Silver Screen and Roll. What's that like? <laughs> Thank you for having me on. There's yeah, going to be a revolt. They, the people are going to really revolt if that happens. Anyway, all right, well, this is fun. This is where, by the way, you learn the power of the 300s, man. Like, oh, yeah. this is where you learn who's been in the 300s. No, this is something that, like, the Lakers fan base – I'm not as much of a Dodger fan. Like I, I, I root for the Dodgers, but like what happened with Frank McCourt, mm-hmm. I can see something like that starting to percolate. Mm-hmm. And the fury that I see on on Twitter, and and the the 300s for sure, of which I consider myself that I, I've ended up here. But um, like the amount of like we will not accept this is growing and growing, and that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see. If play Jeannie out. buys a parking lot, she's in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Pete, thanks for coming in. Thank Appreciate you much, guys. It. All right, we'll see everybody next time.